0: Or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com
1: We're finally live. Oh, there we are. Hey, it's uh, Wednesday. This is our July 4th edition of Cannabis Legalization News. And Miggy was just saying that it's been quite a week. What do you mean, man?
2: Well, I mean, here in uh, Washington, you know, we won our uh, freedom of speech uh, thing for Hempfest. Oh, sweet! That's awesome. Yeah, um, I think yeah. the registering body or the governing body decided that they didn't want the uh, the noise against an organization that's been around for twenty seven years. Twenty seven years of Hempfest. Yeah, it's fucking crazy uh i learned a lot
1: on the federal level i wanted to like use this episode to like basically really focus on that because illinois is still six months away officially it becomes effective officially in about six months a little less now but uh the fed federal roundup was pretty awesome yeah Yeah, which uh story did you think was the most prescient i thought uh i got i got something for you after that but i'm going to share my screen
2: well, the world Congress for the scheduled a hearing to discuss any
1: prohibition? Yeah, that one's pretty big. That one's pretty big here. And then oh. um, then this one is, I guess, Mitch McConnell put out a press release about this. And, like, you know, here's here's McConnell. Uh, I just can't believe it. Like, you know, here he goes. Well, the 2018 Farm Bill, many provisions, derivative, and list. Congress's intent was clear. It's supposed to be legal. Producers need a clearly workable path forward. You know, um, hell. It, I don't know why, but Mitch McConnell is like responsible for more cognitive dissonance in my brain than any other senator. Just because I don't like a lot of the stuff he does. And then he has such an affinity for hemp and he goes to bat for him like every time.
2: Well, you know why? And I I know you've told me before, you've asked me that it's hard to like keep tame language when you talk about prohibition. But but McConnell's a motherfucker. And, And, you know, I mean, that's why Senator Palpatine. Is going to change this this erroneous thing that's been so wrong in our country for what almost a hundred years? You know, yeah, I, I, I don't get know. it.
1: It's crazy, but like there he is, like his own words. I'm anxious to know the FDA's plans to ensure public access to safe CBD products. He wants yeah. us to have
2: them. Well, it's you know, it's just a gateway to overall legalization. I mean, I'm tired of hearing people say marijuana and hemp are cousins. They're more like brother and sister.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the same darn plant. Yeah, and brother and sister is, I guess, a good example of it. You know, he's the X and Y chromosome. You have the presence of THC or you don't.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're, it's, it's kind of like a Dalmatian versus a Doberman. One's going to bite you really good. The other one's going to make you get all cuddly and fucking happy and shit. Uh,
1: I'm not a dog person, so I'm not really sure. And then the other thing that I like to do, uh, I get the normal emails once a week. So once a week, this sucker uh, shows up into my... Uh, email list. Hopefully you guys are on this one too. I just was at the normal legalization party for Illinois yesterday. And so nice. once a week they do like a, a legislative roundup and it looks like California, you know, that's one of the things about it. You just keep seeing these, regis- these regulations continue to evolve over time, like Washington DC, where it's been legal to have uh, possession for a while. And now they're going to start doing the delivery services. Delivery services are, they're a more hot trend, but like, You know, they're not built into a lot of laws. They're not built into Illinois laws. It looks like they're trying to get them into D.C.'s. You know, the laws just keep evolving. Yeah, it's going to
2: have to. I mean, even in Washington, we had we had medical delivery for a while and it wasn't on the rule books. It was just people weren't getting arrested. And then eventually that got squashed. And there are people trying to get that. We don't even have deliverable liquor. Uh, Louisiana just approved. We have drive-through
1: liquor stores you know, in yeah. Illinois. I've been to drive-through liquor stores in Illinois. I've seen them.
2: Yeah, I've been mean, in Slidell, uh, Louisiana, uh, and, and they just approved delivery for alcohol. So, uh, I, you well, know, why can't they then deliver
1: your medicine, right?
2: But you know, it's just all this Reefer Madness about like if we let everybody grow and everybody's gonna uh, uh, do horrible things, but in the end, we're Americans and we're lazy and. If we could, I'm not all that worried about like people like home grow. We're yeah. lazy. People
1: aren't going to suddenly become like people that work really, really hard to try to perfect a seed. Those people are already doing it, irrespective of the prohibition.
2: Yeah, just like growing master brewers. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's,
1: uh, there's, there's there's a lot of hobbyist brewers, but not that many. And then after that, oh, that was something that I did research this week. Do you know what the difference of uh, cost? of a marijuana cigarette is in relation to like pints of brews
2: um, I, I imagine a couple dollars i mean here in our and for a one gram joint i can get one for twelve dollars
1: no i mean like um let's talk about the carbon footprint of cannabis oh, relative to the carbon footprint of that beer how many beers is equivalent in carbon as one marijuana cigarette or joint
2: oh my goodness uh i don't know that's a hard one because uh the process was like 18
1: long. pints with the study that i read uh, and then I, I should have a link to the study i've printed it out and then it closed the box but it was a, a study regard and that's one of the things that's really really hot in uh designing uh cannabis cultivation right now is energy efficiency and that's one of the reasons why Colombia is such a a dangerous producer when it cut in by dangerous i mean it they can be a f- efficient so like uh, that that gram of marijuana in Columbia might only cost you 50 cents to grow because they don't really have to spend so much money on uh, the, the inside grows that you have, but evidently 50 cents on the dollar of that $12 uh, one gram joint that you bought over in Washington state. So $6 of it would have been carbon emissions.
2: Huh. That's interesting. Uh, I didn't
1: didn't know that that cannabis was such a, uh, so it's like probably the most, uh, environmental unfriendly thing that I do.
2: Well, they're probably looking at the lights, the energy required for the lights the, the that's the right' water. So looking at
1: all of that the lights, the water, the um, the ventilation system, the HVACs is quite yeah. expensive as well and um, then sometimes and this one's not as a carbon intense, but they will sometimes create uh, carbon dioxide to inject it into the, um, oh, uh, into the grow it. to like help maximize yields, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah no, that's again, uh, these are it's kind of fabricated the negativity that they this plant is opposing because there's all these confined restrictions just based on the law alone. and like with the uh, the recent veterans decision about not testing for PTSD, how the VA says, well, our doctors will be in a bind if uh, they prescribe cannabis, which is bullshit uh just don't don't technically yeah it
1: gets them in a bind because they're like then think about it it's the same reason why you can't file for bankruptcy if you're a cannabis business because you're asking a a member or an agent of the federal government to directly disavow uh and commit uh, and participate in the commission of a federal crime so uh while that cannabis is a schedule one substance and that's probably now we can get we can turn the story back over to oh let me let me show this one because that one just came out a marijuana moment yesterday And this was actually kind of mentioned at the uh the normal legalization party yesterday in chicago but yeah it looks like july 10th they're going to to meet and it's going to be on um let's see yeah they're going to start discussing they're going to start discussing the evidence and stuff and why they should uh end uh, marijuana prohibition however the thing that i don't see On that is anything that says, like, you know, what bills substantially are in it or substantively are in it. Uh, Earl Blumenauer is on it. And so they might just be having some they have something where they might discuss the States Act, which I'm not really the biggest fan of. But the uh, the ending federal marijuana prohibition act, these are all great ones to do. I just think that it's still probably a little premature uh, for full on American dropping it from schedule one until you get the money involved so columbia that can grow that that gram for a quarter well this is something that we could look into what if they how cheap is it to grow that cannabis and how uh harmful is it for the environment in terms of carbon uh in like oregon
2: well again the hard part of comparisons is state-by-state restrictions and uh you know the, the the mass farmer has the advantage over the little guy because he can buy bulk you know, and that's it's yep. always gonna yeah. be that huge, yeah. uh, dude. That mic looks like a penis.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, it's uh, it's a microphone.
2: It was just a tip, I, I a tip. I to be over here, and now nobody can hear me. <laughs> it was just a tip, so yeah. Hey, man, we got two questions for you. Well, you got one actually. Uh, the anonymous says they're gonna be calling you to seek counsel because they're gonna be uh, uh, opening a shop in Illinois soon. And then another one says, So this one's from Facebook, and this is from one of our uh, Uh, From the uh, constitutional group or page, Uh, this guy has a question about how can you get an agent? I don't understand this question. How can you get an agent card if you had things on your background, nothing convicted of anything of any excluded offenses? So, is an agent card is that something in Illinois? Yeah, they're all kind of different. I mean, and that's that's something that
1: we could discuss is all the frickin differences between the states. So, in Illinois, you need to get an agent card to be able to work in cannabis. So that that agent card needs to show that, you know, you guys have a clean background and then it's what types of things are on your background in Illinois. They have some, you know, because of the social equity and the expungements for the crimes, depending on what they are, you might be able to get through that. But it sounds like he didn't get convicted. Usually uh, the limitations that I've seen are violent felonies within 10 years. Uh, And so violent crime is specifically defined under, I think it was like the Rights Against Victims or or Witnesses of Crimes Act of so many years back. And then uh, if you fall within that uh, delineated stripe of those types of felonies, then you have a very difficult time, if not an impossible time, of getting your agent card. So I don't know how dirty his background is. Uh, It can be a problem when you're trying to get
2: access to the industry. So, I mean, isn't that with the social equity as far as uh, say it was a cannabis conviction? I mean, that's the most likely would slide, though, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The cannabis convictions should most likely, uh, especially if they are the one, the type of cannabis convictions that are subject to the expungement. Uh, yeah. Those ones are they, the, the law supposed to look through. And then not only that, kind of like preference them, because that is one of the uh, social equity applicant criteria. Uh, whether or not you have been specifically yourself uh, disproportionately impacted by the prohibition of cannabis. Not all of the laws are for that. Like, I can't I don't know off the top of my head which level of expungement, where does it stop? And then, like, you know, if you were doing more of a crime, even with cannabis than that, you'd still be off limits. But uh, eventually I will put together something as to getting access to these the license of the agency, but that's you know, down the road uh, after I've gotten the applications uh, in really, really nice order. Then we can work on the other stuff. Kind of like one of the things that I saw that came through uh, was um, information about the uh, employment in um, uh, uh, Illinois and what types of things employers are allowed to do and not allowed to do. But that's
2: Here in uh, Ask Backwards Washington, uh, if you got a conviction, you can be part of the industry, but you can't uh, like a bud tender but you can't, uh, be an owner, like a licensee type person. That's, that is,
1: uh, that's weird. They're like still punishing you then.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the weirdest thing, but yeah, now they are starting to get to the social equity part. So perhaps that's changing. But in the beginning, I know for one, uh, this guy, Tyler Merquat, he was a, uh, he had state charges and, uh, I believe he served time too. And he couldn't get a, a license. Uh, That's too bad. Uh, I mean,
1: I realize the public policy and saying like, you know, if you committed a violent felony uh, within, I'm not sure if they even have any limitation on it simply because you're trying to avoid having violent people work in the particular industry Um, or dishonest people, like, you know, theft, stuff like that. However, you know, depending on how long it's been, if it's been more than 10 years, and again, I'll I'll have to look into that particular provision of law. The most recent one that I was looking into was how they have uh, organized the social equity aspects of it. But, you know uh, the the more federal aspect is that the dea has been uh, stalling on research for years since they changed their policy like three years ago that they were going to start allowing uh, more cannabis research you remember those headlines from years back
2: yeah yeah i mean that it, it, it's just a loss of revenue you know this is yeah, it's a nothing burger
1: is- i mean they haven't it hasn't moved they haven't had any more research
2: These are people fearing to have to get a real job, having a fear to uh, actually work for a living, you know, opposed to, oh, look, there's a girl that doesn't move. And we can actually get that one bad guy who doesn't do anything.
1: Yeah, but they they actually got sued. So some good some good people sued the uh, the DEA. And I like how it starts on the preliminary statement here. Let me just hit present and then. Dr. Sue Sizely did. Hopefully, that's right her name. Did everything by the book over the course of decades. She ran the regulatory gauntlet, earning the blessings of federal agencies. She did clinical research the efficacy of cannabis to treat the PTSD. Some of them to her through her company, and then this is the plaintiff, I believe, the Scottsdale Research Institute (SRI) as the petitioner he wants to continue, but poor quality government cannabis is preventing that from happening. And then you know you can see these these lawsuits they aren't cheap especially when they're in the federal uh, court like this and you have to make them very very formalistically just like this um petition for the writ of mandamus but uh so that's that's good that you know this this research facility sues the uh the dea so that they can actually get access to cannabis to actually study the ptsd aspect for uh veterans i i geez i can't believe that the gall of these people trying to do science
2: Well, we still have the uh, lawsuit pending with uh, the thirteen-year-old girl too, and the uh, FBI or the uh, football player. Uh, They sued Jeff Sessions or the uh, the Department of Justice. Oh yeah, I don't I
1: don't remember that one. Does that one have to do with more access to the cannabis medicine for minors?
2: Yeah, for minors and for traveling. Uh, Let me see. uh, Sue Jeff Sessions. Mm. Oh, so Um, here. Also in uh, Washington news, uh, we've had a county who just dropped a moratorium because they realize they like money. So they're gonna have a moratorium on what then?
1: If they if they're trying to make money, are they saying that they want a moratorium on arresting people or on not selling it or what?
2: Yeah. So we had a moratorium. A county here had a moratorium on a um, on shops and grows on anything cannabis related. And they dropped it, huh? They want the money. Yeah, they want the 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 money. The uh, Uh, you know, the, the tourism about it, I think too, you know, people go out of their way to, uh, uh, so yeah, their lawsuit was Alexis Bortel. You familiar with that one? No, I am not. Let me put it in the, in the comments. So her and she's obviously a part of a group of other, you know, uh, but, uh, they were, uh, it is still pending. it actually made its way to the Supreme court, uh, for her to travel with her medicine to, uh, do this court stuff. So I believe she's based in Colorado and the Supreme Court's in New York, I think, where they're being here. Uh, D.C., uh, the Supreme Court's in D.C.
1: And their session, uh, June is like the most lively session for the U.S. Supreme Court. And that's when all of they, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Lawsuits are kind of dropped onto the population. And so this uh, year was like, you know, gerrymandering is OK. And I can't remember the other one. The big one was gerrymandering is OK. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that's a horrible good one. Constitutional is purely a political question, or so says our Supreme Court. Uh,
2: You know, speaking of weird and and shady stuff, uh, recently, you know how, uh, what is it, Uh, Missouri, uh, they just did medical. Missouri's (laughs) medical
1: is currently in the process of rolling out. That is correct. And I've heard that there's a flurry of application uh, activity going on down there. And they're due pretty soon, uh, if not like now ish. A lot of the applications for those facilities are are due. Uh, hopefully, you know, good luck to everybody who's trying to get. Uh, yeah, the
2: light well, speaking of those, those those applications, there's so there's 500 names on those applications, and uh, 500 names. 500 names, and they were all uh, held. Uh, uh, they weren't being disclosed until recently that a uh, a newspaper, the uh, St. Louis uh, Dispatch, one, and now they've released the 500 names. Hmm. I think so, that's very good. That's it. What's that? I think it's good that people know who's behind people trying to be involved in the industry. You know, that's a Yeah, an yeah and I think that's great, too. And I, I really am happy that
1: uh, the industry, it looks like it's going to get expanded here in the Illinois. But I'm kind of more worried about the lack of understanding that a lot of the uh, policymakers have when it comes to supply issues and, like, you know, how much do you want this to be centralized in the hands of the few or do you want it to be decentralized and more of um an artisanal craft brewing aspect to it and the the the, the few number of the craft grow licenses which won't be out until like basically 2021 it's it's really just giving a, a year head start to these big players
2: yeah i you know the, i think personally the issue is um you think about this mindset of like our parents or people older generation when we were younger, you know, we're smoking our newbies, doing our thing. And we're like, this is a lot safer and better than everything else. Why are not we, why, why is this illegal? Why do I have the chance to lose my rice? And now that we're older, they're older, people like McConnell are probably using more and realizing, Hey, we've been wrong this whole time. Uh, I don't know, know,
1: man, but that's, Speaking of McConnell, uh, the the hemp secretary, agriculture secretary, Sonny Perdue, uh, was on a tour this week with McConnell at that hemp facility in Kentucky. And he's worried, you know, uh, the USDA secretary is worried that the U.S. farmers are going to grow too much hemp. You know, there's a yeah. lot of interest and it could be a real salvation type crop, he says. But the farmers in this in this country are so productive, he's worried that he's going to overproduce and that the price will go down. Well, Of course, the price is going to go down. But, you know, it's still... Is great that uh, let's see. There was seventy-eight thousand acres of hemp last year, and who knows how many acres it'll be this year? I, I think that there's seven thousand in Illinois alone. So it's going to be know, interesting a, to see the numbers after harvest.
2: I, I saw that statement, and I think that's a seriously ignorant statement to make. Like, like we can grow too much, opposed to like all this outsourcing that we're doing with China, South Africa, and Canada. You know, God forbid we 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 have people who have a good trade and have skill sets to, to fill in a need made in america lower cost and all that stuff
1: yeah god forbid we really started growing our own plastic as opposed to like you know making it from petroleum yeah from
2: what i know there's an island of plastic out in the sea we can now start scavenging from
1: oh good good sea plastic let's go grow let's go grow some hemp on it
2: i'm telling uh, you man oh did you see that the fda has extended their uh They extended
1: the public comment period, that's right. So if you have not yet made your public comments as to how the FDA wants um, uh, the CBD, or like, you know, as Mitch McConnell said, I am anxious to know the FDA's plan to ensure public access to safe CBD products. Those uh, companies that are still producing those CBD products have another two weeks to get in their public comments to the FDA.
2: Yep. No, that's exciting. I, I can't wait to see what, I mean, it's just to me. Oh, so back to what I was trying to say about the overall situation of the structures is I think we're, we're facing a lot of ignorant people who can't wrap their heads around. It's both recreational and it's medicine and it can also like help with fiber, industrial fibers. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a multi-purpose plant. It's actually kind of interesting. I think you have people who are just like, well, if we could do all that, then we would have done it a long time ago. Blah.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: We did it one time, though, right? I mean, with the the, the was it the hemp, uh, uh, hip for victory? You know, at one time, America was like, "Hey, it's just a plant that we grow in our backyard."
1: I don't know. I just the more that I look into the history of like what you get away with in the '30s, um, if you control the newspaper, I just think you were able to bulldoze <laughs> history a lot of it and just say that this is how things are. And how can anybody question you if if they are, I'll just write another editorial about this same thing tomorrow and deliver it to all my subscribers house. And eventually, after a few years, that's what they'll believe. And that's what they'll remember. And, you know, this the lies and then just believe- the straight damage they caused over 80 years because they can get away with it until like the Internet started taking hold.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Though. I don't think it's just so much the 30s, because even with the Internet, you still have this fake news issue, bullshit propaganda. Um, it's just, uh, I, you know, the cat's out of the bag. You know, when there's so many goddamn consp- government conspiracy issues that some are true. It's like, why did you hide the him for victory video? Why? You know, they pretty much buried uh, their history. of
1: Why did you hide all the uh, federal mar- medical marijuana patients?
2: Yeah, well, why, why, why did we have why do we have eight patients and then yet the DEA says there's no medical attributes to it? Yeah, why why are
1: they saying oh oh we're going to make more cannabis available for research and then they aren't they have to get sued by uh, an Arizona company so they can do PTSD research on veterans
2: and that's still going on today. Yeah, yeah. You and, and, and want the eight federal patients? You would think. I mean, that was it began in the '70s, so that was what thirty, a little forty years ago. Forty years. What length of experiment becomes it's not an experiment? Okay, it's factual.
1: But we're still waiting for the long-term use studies. Uh, Willie Nelson yeah. is not yet dead. Neither is Tommy Chong. So I guess we have to check the 70s off. And I'm assuming they're going to make it to 90. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, they're in their 80s. And they're still like, oh, we have to do more studies. We have to do more studies. Can you do any studies?
2: Yeah. yeah and that's the issue, right? I mean, we got a plant that's uh, been consumed and used since uh, AD 2500 uh, you know it's got more u- uses than you and I know how to do it uh, you know why are we uh, we have this drug ignorance is what it is you know our, our kids are suffering for it I think our, our country our people suffer for it <laughs>
1: but yep. and then that's there's some more stuff that's coming out and they are introducing bills in Congress to um, remove barriers to research marijuana and CBD that's one of the problems why does the DEA have oversight, authority over what scientists can do with cannabis. It's the DEA. It's not like a whole bunch of smart doctors.
2: Between the DEA and the FDA, when all you have to do is slap a label, say may cause anal bleeding. I mean, why can't I just do that with weed? I will buy, I will gladly buy a pound. Even if it said, may make your innards implode. You know what? I've got 20 years of studying myself, so I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, put it wherever you want on there. I'll fucking buy it. I hear that there's
1: also a new House bill to protect Second Amendment rights for medical cannabis patients. So it's got a new co-sponsor. I haven't heard of this one. This one is uh, House Judiciary Representative Mooney and Alexander from West Virginia introduced this. And it's a pretty recent bill. It's in this this, uh, actual legislative session. It's called the Second Amendment Protection Act. And I hear that a lot. Like I get a lot of um, medical patients that are always worried about their Ford cards and I'm not a gun owner. So I'm, I'm always kind of like, well, I, I don't know, you know, and, but a lot of people are gun owners. I mean, the second amendment's huge. And yeah. so that they are getting screwed with by picking from their medicine or their rights. That's just not cool.
2: Well, you know, there's, the amendment issue is such a crazy one. You know, we, um we, we 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 reference a lot of amendments but no one really understands what they are like even you know, i carry this little thing with me uh it's got a little like it's got the constitution it's got the it's amendments. Huh? huh it's constitution yeah. yeah yeah it's got everything in here the amendments the constitution the articles it's even got the uh, the mayflower writ. i mean it's like our history it's the, pretty much the uh the guidebook our rule book you know it's mm-hmm. like this is something that everybody should be uh have but uh, we like to use words of like, oh, second and fifth amendment. Did you know the fifth amendment also includes the? Uh, I'm sure you do because you're a fucking lawyer, but you know the, the the whole taking your uh, uh, what's it due uh, process. Not just due process, but nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to jeopardy. But the uh, here we go. Nor shall be compelled in any crime case to be witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property property. That's, goddamn yeah. much, uh, that's your
1: due process right there. And then right. that's one of the reasons why when you're getting your, your stuff taken, they have yeah. to give you all these notices. And so when you have these seizure bills or these seizure acts where they just take your stuff, you know, especially with drugs, because they'll, they'll, they'll seize that. Uh, do they val- invalidate your, your due process right there? Are they giving you sufficient notice? I don't know. I'm not a criminal lawyer. I was also not the person who wrote those laws, but still, man, it's, it's pretty sad.
2: I mean, that's a, just an ongoing debate. I mean, when you, uh, yeah. Hey, hey, there you go. So in well, fun- It's one of the nice things about, you know, cannabis legalization. It's just an
1: ongoing civics lesson because then- you get to see the legislative process, the political process, and then not only the legislative process where the laws you know, lobbied for, created and passed, and it's handed off into the executive and then it's enforced. And then it's interpreted over 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 here. In the third branch of the government, uh, the judiciary. So that's one great thing about cannabis legalization. Aside from it now making sense, is that everybody gets to learn more about the legislative process,
2: which is amazing. I, I you know, it's kind of disheartening too because, I mean, God, How long did it take to 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 make it illegal? And to it's easier to put a man, a person, behind bars than it is to get him out. You know, that's
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but all of our. You have a you can learn at least a lot of pride and humility at the same time by looking at American history because you see a lot of great accomplishments and freedom and all those types of stuff. And then mm. terrible, terrible, stupid decisions that are trying to set everything back. And you're like, how do they do it? Both.
2: Yeah, yeah that's true, too. Hey, did you see the study about adult use and cannabinoids? I, uh, yeah, opioids? I don't know.
1: There's there's a lot of studies, but I'm assuming it probably wasn't done by uh, any official government researcher because there wouldn't have been any money for it. What uh, does sure this sure it. the study say?
2: But this one just shows adult use who can legally obtain cannabis use it as a substitute for opioids and other prescription drugs. Pretty much. Yeah, I've it. heard
1: that. I've heard that when cannabis is available, people use fewer painkillers and uh, opioids. There, there's a lot of the way that they have to do these types of studies is they have to only really look at the raw data because they can't do anything with the actual stuff itself. They aren't going to get that. They just know it's in the population so that they can look at, okay, they, they passed it in this year and they made cannabis available for pain. Uh, the next year, opioid deaths, uh, and, you know, from raw numbers fell by X percent. And then you can try to guess what the marijuana, you know, user percentage is, uh, And that's that's still, you know, it's 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 estimates because you really can't do any actual science. So you have to look at all the raw data that the government compiles and then say, well, based on these numbers, it looks like this trend is there. Let's compare these numbers to that state and that JAMA actually JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association, I believe, actually publishes some of these studies when it comes to uh, opioid death and uh, medical uh, marijuana being available for pain.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're comparing data of like uh, overdoses in yearly and time frame and whatnot. But
1: yeah, just know. the raw numbers.
2: Yeah, uh, and
1: it's the same way with the um, uh, the vehicle stuff. And so, because with the vehicle stuff, like, how do you really study that? You know, all right. So they've legalized marijuana. What are you going to do? Just uh, try to do breathalyzers to get a sample size of how many people behind the wheel are on marijuana? Not really. You can't. You know, but you can just see what happens. Like, are the fa- do the fatalities decrease that next year? Uh, and then, well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, there's there's some data that kind of shows that it's a wash. Some data that sure. some people say that it's it shows that it makes it a little bit safer. But then, does that take into what they call the confounding factors of you know are are our cars now just safer? I mean, I know that mine is one of those ones that has lane departure assist and collision avoidance. Nice. So does that does that help uh, explain the offset and the decline of deaths on the road? Who knows.
2: Well, it's just like gay marriage. Once you legalize that, you have more people involved in accidents who are gay and married.
1: <laughs> these, things, these things happen. So, I'm, man, you got any good plans for the fourth?
2: I just stay out of trouble, smoke a lot of weed. How <laughs> about you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be staying out of trouble My brother's in town, it's his birthday So I'm going to hang out with him Uh, I'm working on the uh, social equity aspect Of the Illinois content that I'm doing So one of the, you know, it's uh, sizable It's a percent of the score in the applications That's large enough so you have to pay attention to it Because it's like 20% of the score Is going to come from how well you're addressing The social equity aspects of the Illinois law And they've written it in certain ways that they kind of also interplay the funding. And so you can make a pretty good video about that to explain how they've written it so that, okay, you're a social equity applicant. And that means that then you'll be able to get the funding. But it looks like we kind of have a chicken and an egg problem that you can't get the funding unless you have the license. And then if you want to get the license, 20 uh, percent of that score is going to be for a social equity applicant. So yeah. you know, once you once you've which which is kind of annoying because, you know, you're trying to access that capital. But then you also have to have enough capital there so that you can get the license. And then once you have the license, then hopefully you'll be able to. Uh, lower the costs of your operations by however much of a loan you'll be able to get these loans don't exist yet they're currently being written mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to be an interesting application but at the same time you know do you do you build it do you build your financial projections and your models in your application dependent on getting the loan or do you build it as this would be nice and that's our ideal uh, we're trying to get this but we might not get it. And if we don't get it, that's all right. We'll still be able to make our budgets and our ends meet.
2: Are you, uh, do you have any social equity applicants right now?
1: Well, you know, it's, it it just depends uh, because the amount of clients that I have calling me uh, all the time, that's one of the conversations that I always have. I'm like, all right, well, who are you? Why are we putting this together? And are you a social equity uh, equity applicant? Because you're trying to get as many of them as you can. So you know, why wouldn't if you could put together the right business, why wouldn't you put it together in such a way that you qualify as a social equity applicant? You may not be able to then get the access to the actual capital because there's restrictions on it, especially if you have like a wealthy benefactor. And that wealthy benefactor, uh, if he earns too much money, he's not going to be able to qualify for the, um, uh, the low interest loans from the state of Illinois. So the
2: state's actually going to subsidize or at least give a loan to the to the growers for in a business, huh? That's right. The state's going
1: to—it's planning on sub, the social equity aspect. So like there's ways to do it. And there's three basic social equity. Like if you ever, if you've lived in a disadvantaged neighborhood for five of the past 10 years, if you're one of the minorities and what was the acronym that I made for the minorities, uh, DVAB or some DVWB, yeah, DVWB, something, I don't know. It's, um, uh, disabled is one of them. Veterans, women and minorities. So minorities, women, veterans, disabled, those are the social equity applicants. And then, so when I'm putting together like these, these business plans, all right, well, let's, let's talk about financing. What if we create a class of stock that's going to have X percentage of ownership and they'll be, you know, quiet, we'll just use them for raising revenue and then they'll get a preferred uh, dividend from that. And there's going to be all sorts of uh, interesting things that we could put together and trying to, you know, uh, tap into the social equity aspect and also the financing aspect. But still, you know, it's all about delivering the highest quality cannabis that you can to your consumer.
2: Man, I wish I was in Illinois right now.
1: It's kind of fun. But uh, the only problem is we need Well, we have to do a really good job in the first waves. And then it's going to be a lobbying campaign because there's just how many how many like dispensaries are there in Seattle? i'm sorry are there in washington state or how many grows because the the tier system that we have in illinois is uh it, very silly compared to the other tier system it allows for no growth you're either this big or you're
2: this big it, it's kind of the same with us i mean in a way that people have uh, finagled it where they've bought multiple licenses into one building or uh